The Tenth Book of Orlando Furioso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Orlando Furioso by Ludovico Ariosto. Translated by Sir John Harrington. Book Ten. The Argument. Wicked Byreno falls in love of new, and in an isle his kind Olympia leaves. Rogero bids Alcina's realm adieu, but Logestilla gently him receives. She shows him how to rule the horse that flew. He, flying in the air, from thence perceives Rinaldo's musters, after which he found Angelica unto the rock fast bound. Among the mirrors rare of loyal love that present are or have been in time past, whose faith no force of fortune could remove, with fawning cheer nor yet with frowning blast, Olympia fair, all others far above, by just desert requireth to be placed, whose steadfast love, to say I dare be bold, doth pass the patterns of the new or old. How could she signs more evident impart unto Byreno of her loving mind? No, though she should have open laid her heart, yet could she not have proved herself more kind. And if such love and duty by desart may look of due like love again to find, her faith requires unto Byreno shown that he should seek her safety as his own, nor only not to leave her in annoy, or her reject for any other dame. No, not for her that bred the bane of Troy, but her prefer before all worldly joy, before his senses five, before his fame, or any other thing of greater price to be expressed by word or by device. Now, if Byreno did her well requite, if that he showed to her the like good will, if he regarded as he ought of right to bend unto her liking all his skill, nay, if, forgetting all her merits quite, ungreat, unkind, he sought her life to spill, behold, I shall a tale to you recite, would make a man his lip for anger bite. And when that I shall have declared plain his cruelty, her love's unkind reward, I think you ladies never will again believe men's words, your hearts will wax so hard. For lovers, loved ladies, loves to gain, do promise, vow, and swear without regard, that God doth see and know their falsehood still, and can and shall revenge it at his will. Their oaths but words, their words are all but wind, uttered in haste, and with like haste forgotten, with which their faiths they do as firmly bind as bundles are trussed up with cords all rotten. Coyness is not, but worse to be too kind. Men care not for the good that soon is gotten. But women of their wits may justly boast that are made wiser by another's cost. Wherefore, I wish you lovely dames beware these beardless youths whose faces shine so neat, whose fancies soon like strong fire kindled are and sooner quenched amid their flaming heat. The hunter chaseth still the flying hare by hill, by dale, with labor and with sweat. But when at last the wished prey is taken, they seek new game, the old is quite forsaken. Even so these youths, the while you say them nay, in humble sort they seek, they sue, they serve, they like, they love, they honor and obey, they wait, they watch, your favor to deserve. Apart they plain, in presence oft they pray, for love of you they mourn, they pine and starve, 
but having got that erst they sought so sore they turn their sails into another shore though this be true i not persuade you though to leave to love for that were open wrong to cause you like a vine undressed to grow uncared for the briars and thorns among but lest on youths you should yourselves bestow that never in one fancy tarry long the mean is best young fruits the stomach ripe the elder cloy when they are overripe i showed you in the tale i told you last how that by reno had chimosco's daughter to marry whom a motion late was passed because his brother loved and greatly sought her but his own mouth was of too liquorish taste to leave so sweet a morsel having caught her he thought it were a point of foolish kindness to part with all a piece of so rare fineness a damsel little passed fourteen year most tender sweet and lovely fresh and fair as when the budding rose doth first appear when sunny beams in may make temperate air by reno likes a face her sober cheer and used to her to make so oft repair that even as brimstone quickly taketh flame so love took him to his perpetual shame the stream of tears that for her sire she shed a flaming furnace spread within his breast the plaint she made and doleful word she said doth breed his hope of getting his request thus foul desires with hopes as foul are fed as water hot from boiling straight doth rest when liquor cold is poured in the pot so with new love his old was quite forgot from flow to ebb thus turned was the tide his late beloved olympia loathsome grew to look on her his heart could scant abide his thoughts were also settled on the new yet still the time might serve he thinks to hide his filthy hate with fair and painted hue and though in fancy he did her detest yet still great kindness he in show professed and if he showed the other signs of love although such love was worse than any hate yet none there was herein did him reprove but took his meaning in another rate they thought some good remorse his mind did move in gracious sort to pity her estate and that to her he charitably meant because she was so young and innocent o oh, mighty god how much are men mistain how oft with feigned shows they are deceived by reno's wicked meaning and profane for good and godly was of men received the mariners their oars in hand had ta'en and from the shore the ship was quickly heaved to zealand were the duke with all his train with help of oars and sails doth pass amain now had they lost the sight of holland shore and marched with gentle gale in comely rank and for the wind was westerly they bore to come within the lieu of scottish bank when as a sudden tempest rose so sore the force thereof their ships had well nigh sank three days they bear it out the fourth at night a barren island happened in their sight here fair olympia from her ship to sand from sand she passeth to the higher ground by reno kindly led her by the hand although his heart another harbour found they supped in their pavilion pitched on land environed with a tent about them round the supper done to bed to go they twain the rest unto their ships return again the travel great she lately did endure and had three days before her waking kept and being now upon the shore secure now glad of that for which ere long she wept and taking her amid his arms secure all this did cause that she the sounder slept
Ah, silly soul, when she was least afraid Of her false husband thus to be betrayed, The treacherous Pyreno, whom deceit And thought of lewd intent doth waking keep, Now having time for which he long did wait, Supposing fair Olympia sound asleep, Unto his ships he hies with short retreat, And makes them all launch forth into the deep, And thus with wicked practice and unjust He her forsook that chiefly him did trust. Now were the sails well charged with the wind, And bear him lighter than the wind away. The poor Olympia now was left behind, Who never waked till that break of day To lightsomeness had changed the darkness blind, And sunny beams had driven the mist away. She stretched her arms betwixt her sleep and wake, And thinks by Reno in her arms to take. She findeth none, and drawing back again, Again she reached them out, but findeth none. Her leg likewise she reached out in vain, In vain, for he for whom she feels is gone. Fear sleep expels, her eyes she opens plain, Nor yet she hears, she sees nor feels not one, with which amazed the clothes away she cast, and to the shore she runneth in great haste. With heart dismayed, and seeing her before her fatal hap, unto the sea she hies, she smote her breast, her heart she rent and tore, now looking, for all lightsome were the skies, if aught she could discern but even the shore. But even the shore, no other thing she spies. Then once or twice she called by Reno's name, Then once or twice the caves resound the same, And boldly then she mounted on the rocks, All rough and steep, such courage sorrow brought. Her woeful words might move the stones and stocks, But when she saw, or at the least she thought she saw the ships, Her guiltless breast she knocks. By signs and cries to bring them back she sought, But signs and cries but little now avails. The wind bear them away that fill their sails. What meanest thou, thus poor Olympia spake, so cruelly without me to depart? Bend back thy course and cease such speed to make. Thy vessel of her lading lacks a part. It little is the carcass poor to take, since that it doth already bear the heart. Thus, having by the shore cried long in vain, unto the tent she back returns again and lying groveling on her restless bed, moistening the same with water of her eyes, sith too on thee did couch last night, she said, why did not two from thee together rise? Accursed the womb that false by Reno bred, accursed the day that first I saw the skies. What shall I do? What can I hear alone? Or who, woe me, can mitigate my moan? I see no man, nor any sign I see that any man within this isle doth dwell. I see no ship that hence may carry me, with at the least some hope of being well. I here shall starve, it cannot other be, and buried how to be I cannot tell. Ah, how if wolves that wander in this wood devour my flesh, or drink my guiltless blood! Alas, I doubt and stand even now in fear, lest that some ravenous wolf that here abides, some lion, tiger, or some ugly bear with teeth and claws shall pierce my tender sides. Yet what beast could with greater torment tear than thou, more fierce than any beast besides? For they contented are but once to kill, that thou my life a thousand times dost spill. But 
presuppose some vessel here arrive and take me from this place for pity's sake and so perchance i may be left alive the bears nor lions never shall me take yet will it be in vain for me to strive again to holland my repair to make thou keep'st by force the place where i was born whence by deceit thou brought'st me false forsworn thou took'st from me my living by pretence and colour of thy friendship and alliance thy men of arms were paid by my expense i gave thee all such was my fond defiance or shall i turn to flanders sith from thence i sold myself and am at flat defiance with all the nation whom to set thee free i quite forsook that now ah woe is me is there for me in friesland any place where i refused for thee to be a queen the which refusal ruined all my race as by the sequel was too plainly seen o cruel hap o strange and monstrous case the righteous god judge thee and me between was ever tiger carried heart so hard for so firm love to pay so foul reward but what and if some pirate wanting fear of god and man shall take me as a slave thou god forbid let tiger wolf and bear first carry me a prey into their cave and there my flesh in pieces all to tear the dying i my chastity may save this said her raging grief her hands addresses to offer force unto her golden tresses and even as hecuba fell raging mad with grief of mind and sorrow sore oppressed to see her polydorus little lad by kinsman's fraud and cruelty distressed so raved olympia fair as though she had with twenty thousand devils been possessed at last she sitteth on the rocks alone and seems as senseless as the senseless stone and in this state i mean to let her stay till of rogero i have talked a while who travelled in the hot and sandy way full many a weary and unpleasant mile and now it was the middle of the day when as upon the south side of the isle he saw three ladies near a little tower did sport themselves within a pleasant bower these ladies fair were of alcina's crew and there refreshed themselves a little space they had great store of wines both old and new and sundry kind of junkets in like case a pretty bark there lay within their view that did attend their pleasures in the place and wait when any little gale should blow for now was none that they might homeward go then one of these that had espied the knight at such a time and in such way to ride with courteous speech invites him to alight the second brings him wine on the other side and makes him far more thirsty with the sight but these enticements could not cause him bide he fears alcina prisoner so might take him if by this day she hap to overtake him even a salt peter mixed with brimstone pure inflameth straight when once it feels the fire or as the sea with winds and air obscure doth work and swell and ever riseth higher so they that saw their words could not allure his noble mind to follow their desire took high disdain that they were so contemned and him of great discourtesy condemned and straight the third as in a raging mood said thus o creature void of all gentility and born no doubt of base unworthy blood and bred where never used was civility ay during life for thee depart all good nor mayst thou die in quiet and tranquillity but burned mayst thou be or cut in quarters or driven to hang thyself in thine own garters 
With these and many bitter speeches mo they rail on him, and then they take their bark and coast along upon the southern shore, that they his passage and his course might mark. But he that now was gotten far before did little to their threats or curses hark, and notwithstanding all they had contrived, yet to his ship in safety he arrived. The pilot doth Rogero much commend that from Alcina so himself did save, and as a wise and well-experienced friend found counsel and good precepts him he gave, and wished that he his time would better spend, and leave fond toys, embracing wisdom grave, and from the good the evil to discern, as Logistilla used men to learn. There is the food that fills and never cloyeth, there is the love, the beauty, and the grace that maketh him most blessed that them enjoyeth, to which compared all other joys are base. There hope nor fear nor care the mind annoyeth, respect of persons nor regard of place, the mind still finding perfect contentation that rests itself in virtuous contemplation. There are, said he, some better lessons taught than dancings, dallyings, or dainty diet. There shall you learn to frame your mind and thought from will to wit, to temperance from riot. There is the path by which you may be brought into the perfect paradise of quiet. This tale the pilot to Ruggiero told, and all the while their course they forward hold. But lo, they see a navy under sail of ships that toward them in haste did bend. Alcina, wrathful, striving tooth and nail, doth think to fetch again her fleeting friend. But all her diligence could not avail. Ruggiero to return doth not intend, and of her forces he was not afraid, because that Logistilla sent him aid. For straight a watchman, standing in a tower so high that all the hills and shore was under, did ring the larum-bell that present hour. He saw her fleet, though distant far asunder, and when that now approached was their power, with cannon-shot they made them such a thunder, that though Elsina threatened much and braved, yet was Rogero from her malice saved. Then at his first arrival to the shore, four damsels met him sent by Logistilla. Andronica, that wisely sees before, and Phronesis, the just, and chaste Drusilla, and she that boldly fights for virtue's lore, descending from the Roman race, Camilla, and straight rushed out of men a worthy band, I pressed to meet their foes on sea and land. Within a large and very quiet bay, a navy was of vessels big and tall, that ready at an hour's warning lay to go to fight at any little call. And now there was begun a great affray by land and sea. The conflict was not small, which did the realm in hurly-burly set, Alcina late did from her sister get. "'Tis strange to see of wars the strange success. "'She that of late was counted of such might "'is now so driven in danger and distress "'that scant she could preserve herself by flight. "'Rogero's parting brought her grief no less than did the foil, "'which both bred such despite and such despair "'to die she had intended, if so she might, "'to have her torments ended. "'And as herself the dame of Carthage killed "'when as the Trojan duke did her forsake, or as her blood the queen of Egypt spilled, for that so famous Roman captain's sake, even so Alcina, with like sorrows filled, wished of herself with like death end to make. But either ancient folk believed a lie, or this is true, a fairy cannot die. But leave we now Alcina in this pain, 
that from her elder sister fled apace, and to Ruggiero let us turn again, that was conducted to a better place, where finding now that he did safe remain, he thanked God that gave him so much grace to see his foes of forces all deprived, himself within the castle safe arrived. And such a castle that in stately show and costly substance others all surmounted, the value of the walls can no man know, except he first upon the same had mounted. Men have not jewels of such price below, for diamonds are to these but dross accounted, and pearls but pelf, and rubies all are rotten, where stones of such rare virtue can be gotten. These walls are built of stones of so great price, all other unto these come far behind. In these men see the virtue and the vice that cleaveth to the inward soul and mind. Who looks in such a glass may grow so wise, as neither flattering praises shall him blind with tickling words, nor undeserved blame with forged fault shall work him any shame. From hence doth come the everlasting light that may with Phoebus' beam so clear compare, that when the sun is down there is no night with those that of these jewels stored are. These gems do teach us to discern aright, these gems are wrought with workmanship so rare that hard it were to make true estimation which is more worth the substance or the fashion on arches raised of porphyry passing high so high that to ascend them seemed a pain were gardens fair and pleasant to the eye few found so fair below upon a plain sweet-smelling trees in order standing by with fountains watering them in steed of rain which do the same so naturally nourish as all the year both flowers and fruits do flourish no weeds or fruitless trees are in this place but herbs whose virtues are of highest price as sovereign sage and thrift and herb of grace and time which well bestowed maketh wise and lowly patience proud thoughts to abase and heart's ease that can never grow with vice. These are the herbs that in this garden grew, whose virtues do their beauties still renew. The lady of the castle greatly joyed to see the safe arrival of this knight, and all her care and travel she employed, that honor might be done him in her sight. Astolfo, in his passage less annoyed, doth take in his acquaintance great delight, and all the other his good favor sought, that by Melissa to themselves were brought. Now having all themselves some days reposed in Logestilla's house and taken rest, and finding all themselves right well disposed to make return again unto the west, the good Melissa for them all proposed unto the mighty lady this request, that by her leave, without incurring blame, they might return them all from whence they came to whom Dame Logestilla thus replied, that after they a day or two had stayed, she would for them most carefully provide for all their journey furniture and aid. And first she taught Rogero how to ride the flying horse, of whom he was afraid, to make him pace or pass a full career as readily as other horses here. When all was ready now for him to part, Rogero bids this worthy dame farewell, whom all his lifetime after from his heart he highly honoured and loved well. First I will shew how well he played his part, then of the English duke I mean to tell, how in more time and with far greater pain 
he did return to Charles his court again. Rogero, mounted on the winged steed which he had learned obedient now to make, doth deem it were a brave and noble deed about the world his voyage home to take. Forthwith beginneth eastward to proceed, and though the thing were much to undertake, yet hope of praise makes men no travel shun to say another day we this have done. And, leaving first the Indian river Tanna, he guides his journey to the great Catay. From thence he passeth unto Mangiana, and came within the sight of huge Quinzay, upon the right hand leaving Saracana, and turning from the Scythians away, where Asia from Europe first doth draw Promeria, Russia, Prutina, he saw. His horse, that hath the use of wings and feet, did help with greater haste home to retire, and though with speed to turn he thought it meet, because his bradament did so desire, yet having now of travel felt the sweet, most sweet to those to knowledge that aspire, when Germany and Hungary he had passed, he means to visit England at the last, where in a meadow, on a morning fair, fast by the Thames at London he did light, delighted with the water and the air, and that fair city standing in his sight when straight he saw that soldiers did repair to muster there, and asking of a knight that in the meadow he had met by chance, he understood that they were bound for France. These be the suckers, thus the knight him told, Rinaldo sued for at his coming hither, with Irish men and Scots of courage bold, to join in hearts and hands and purse together. The musters tain, and each man's name enrolled, their only stay is but for wind and weather. But, as they pass, I mean to you to show them their names and arms, that you may better know them. You see the standard that so great doth show, that joins the leopard and the fleur de luce? That chiefest is, the rest to come below, and reverence this according to our use. Duke Leonel, Lord General, doth it owe, a famous man in time of war and truce, and nephew dear unto the king my master, who gave to him the dukedom of Lancaster. This banner that stands next unto the king's, with glittering show that shakes the rest among, and bears in azure field three argent wings, to Richard, Earl of Warwick, doth belong. This man the Duke of Gloucester's banner brings, Actaeon's head, except my guess be wrong. The firebrand the Duke of Clarence is, the tree the Duke of York doth claim for his. The lance, into three sundry pieces rent, belongs unto the worthy Duke of Norfolk. The lightning longs unto the Earl of Kent. The griffin longs unto the Earl of Pembroke. The balance, even by which just doom is meant, belongs unto the noble Duke of Suffolk. The dragon to the valiant Earl of Cumberland. The garland is the brave Earls of Northumberland. The Earl of Arundel, a ship half drowned. The Marquis Barclay gives an argent hill. The gallant Earl of Essex hath the hound, the bay-tree Darby that doth flourish still, the wheel hath Dorset ever running round, the Earl of March his banner all doth fill with cedar-trees, the Duke of Somerset a broken chair doth in his ensign set, the falcon hovering upon her nest the Earl of Devonshire doth in banner bear, and brings a sturdy crew from out the west, the Earl of Oxenford doth give the bear, the banner, all with black and yellow dress, belongs unto the Earl of Winchester. He that the crystal cross in banner hath is sent 
from the rich bishop of the bath with archers on horse with other armed men are two and forty thousand more or less the other footmen's number doubles them or wants thereof but little as i guess the banners show their captain's noble stem a cross a wreath an azure bar a fess geoffrey and ermont edward bold and harry under their guide the footmen all do carry the duke of buckingham that first appears the next team the earl of salisbury burgundy next a man well stricken years and edward next the earl of shrewsbury now turn about and lo the scottish peers brave men and well appointed you shall see where zurbin son unto the scottish king unto the field doth thirty thousand bring all chosen men from many a shire and town all ready to resist a sail invade their standard is the beast of most renown that in his paw doth hold a glittering blade this is the heir apparent to the crown this is the goodly imp whom nature made to show her chiefest workmanship and skill and after break the mould against her will the earl of oton cometh after him that in his banner bears the golden bar the spotted leopard that looks so grim that is the ensign of the duke of mar not far from him there cometh alcabrin a man of mighty strength and fierce in war no duke nor earl nor marquis as men say but of the savages he bears the sway the duke of trafford bears in ensign bright the bird whose young ones stare in phoebus face lucanio lord of angus valiant knight doth give a bull whom two dogs hold in chase the duke of albany gives blue and white since he obtained fair ginevra's grace earl bohune in his stately banner bears a vulture that with claws a dragon tears their horsemen are with jacks for most part clad their horses are both swift and coarse and strong they run on horseback with a slender gad and like a spear but that it is more long their people are of war than peace more glad more apt to offer than to suffer wrong these are the suckers out of scotland sent that with the noble prince zerbino went then come the irishmen of valiant hearts and active limbs in personages tall they naked used to go in many parts but with a mantle yet they cover all short swords they used to carry and long darts to fight both near and far aloof withal and of these bands the lords and leaders are the noble earls of ormond and kildare some sixteen thousand men are thereabout out of the irish isle at this time went beside the other islands thereabout Sweeverland and iceland other succors sent to good king charles for why they stood in doubt if he were conquered they should all repent and still their numbers daily did increase of those that better like of war than peace now while rogero learns the arms and name of every british lord behold a rout of citizens and folk of all sorts came some with delight and some with dread and doubt to see a beast so strange so strong so tame and wondering much they compassed him about they thought it was a strange and monstrous thing to see a horse that had a griffin's wing wherefore to make the people marvel more and as it were to sport himself and play he spurred his beast who straight aloft did soar and bear his master westward quite away and straight he was beyond our english shore and means to pass the irish seas that day st george's channel in a little while he passed and after saw the irish isle 
where men do tell strange tales that long ago saint patrick built a solitary cave into the which they that devoutly go by purging of their sins their souls may save now whether this report be true or no i not affirm and yet i not deprave but crossing from ence twiceland word he found angelica unto the rock fast bound both naked and bound as this same isle of woe for isle of woe it may be justly called where peerless pieces are abused so by monster vile to be devoured and thralled where pirates still by land and sea do go assaulting forts that are but weakly walled and whom they take by flattery or by force they give a monster quite without remorse i did declare not many books before if you the same in memory do keep how certain pirates took her at a shore where that chaste hermit lay by her asleep and how at last for want of other store although their hearts did melt and eyes did weep moved with a helpless and a vain compassion perforce they bound her on this woeful fashion and thus the caitives left her all forlorn with nothing but the rocks and seas in sight as naked as of nature she was born and void of succour and all comfort quite no veil of lawn as then by her was worn to shade the damask rose and lilies white whose colours were so mixed in every member like fragrant both in july and december rogero at the first had surely thought she was some image made of alabaster or of white marble curiously wrought to show the skilful hand of some great master but viewing nearer he was quickly taught she had some parts that were not made of plaster both that her eyes did shed such woeful tears and that the wind did wave her golden hairs to see her bound to hear her mourn and plain not only made that he his journey stayed but caused that he from tears could scant abstain both love and pity so his heart assayed at last with words to mitigate her pain thus much to her in loving sort he said o lady worthy only of those bands wherewith love binds the hearts and not the hands and far unfit for these or any such what wight was found so cruel and unkind to banish all humanity so much those polished ivory hands in chains to bind about that corpse whom none can worthily touch with hurtful hands unworthy bands to wind this said she blushed seeing those parts were spied the which though fair yet nature strives to hide fain would she with her hand have hid her eyes but that her hands were bound into the stone which made her oft to break to woeful cries sole remedy where remedy is not at last with sobbing voice she doth devise to tell the knight the cause of all her moan but from the sea a sudden noise was heard that this her speech and all the matter marred behold there now appeared the monster great half underneath and half above the wave as when a ship with wind and weather beat doth hasten to the haven itself to save so doth the monster haste in hope to eat the dainty morsel he was wont to have which sight so sore the damsel did appall rogero could not comfort her at all yet with his spear in hand though not in rest the ugly orc upon the brow he strake i call him orc because i know no beast nor fish from whence comparison to take his head and teeth were like a boar 
the rest a mass of which I know not what to make. He gave him on the brow a mighty knock, but pierced no more than if it were a rock, and finding that his blow so small hurt brings, he turns again on fresh him to assay. The orc that saw the shadow of great wings upon the water up and down to play, with fury great and rage away he flings, and on the shore doth leave the certain prey. The shadow vain he up and down doth chase the while rogero layeth on him apace even as an eagle that espies from high among the herbs a party-coloured snake or on a bank sunning herself to lie to cast the elder skin anew to make lies hovering warily till she may spy a vantage sure the venomed worm to take then takes him by the back and beats her wings moger the poison of his forked stings so doth Rogero, both with sword and spear, the cruel monster warily assail, not where he fenced is with grisly hair, so hard as that no weapon could prevail, but sometime pricks him near unto his ear, sometimes his sides, sometimes his ugly tail. But nature had with such strong fences armed him, as all his blows but small or nothing harmed him. So have I seen ere this a silly fly, with mastiff dog in summer's heat to play, sometime to sting him in his nose or eye, sometime about his grisly jaws to stay, and buzzing round about his ears to fly, he snaps in vain, for still she whips away, and oft so long she dallies in this sort, till one snap comes and marreth all her sport. But now Rogero doth this slight devise, sith that by force he cannot make him yield he means to dazzle both the monster's eyes by hidden force of his enchanted shield and being thus resolved to land he flies and from all harm the lady fair to shield he puts the precious ring upon her hand whose virtue was enchantments to withstand that ring that worthy bradamant him sent when she from false brunello had attained with which Melissa into India went, and wrought his freedom and Alcina's bane. That ring he lends the damsel with intent to save her eyes by virtue of the same. Then takes he forth the shield whose light so dazed the lookers-on, they fell down all amazed. The monster, now approaching to the shore, amazed at this, resistance none did make. Rogero hews upon him more and more, but his hard scales no harm thereby did take. Oh, sir, said she, unloosen me before out of this maze the monster to awake, and let your sword slay me this present hour, so as this monster may not me devour. These woeful words moved so Rogero's mind that straight he did unloose the lady fair, and caused her by and by to get behind upon his horse. Then, mounting in the air, he leaves his Spanish journey first assigned, and unto little Britain doth repair. Uh, but by the way, be sure he did not miss to give her many a sweet and friendly kiss. And having found a solitary place, a pleasant grove well watered with a spring, which never herd nor herdsman did deface, where Philomela used still to sing, here he alights, minding to stay a space, and hither he the lady fair did bring. But sure, it seemed, he made his full account ere long upon a better beast to mount. His armor made him yet a while to bide, which forced stay a more desire did breed. 
but now in him it was most truly tried, oft times the greater haste, the worst speed. He knits with haste two knots while one untied, but soft, tis best no further to proceed. I now cut off abruptly here my rhyme, and keep my tale unto another time. End of Book Ten